Hey everyone, this is Shane with Mimir as well. I want to take this time to share with you the wonderful recording of uh, the discussion with Jesse from Midgard Mutings, Musings sorry, and my uncle, uh, Brandon. You will hear him call me by my first name, so please don't ever repeat it. Um, we did have some technical difficulties occasionally, it would kick somebody off uh, but we brought them back on as soon as we could uh, unfortunately we can't edit that part out but uh, we, I believe all in all we had a great discussion and it was it was an honor to have them both on the podcast and to be able to talk to them and, and pick their brains a little bit um, I will hopefully be coming up with some more stuff uh, to be doing it soon and you will hear inside the audio that I will potentially have a new co-host which would be badass, and uh, be able to do this and get this out here a little bit more. But uh, I, I'm fully grateful for the time that they shared uh, with me today and getting together doing this podcast. Um, I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, if you do, awesome. Uh, let us know. Uh, find us on Facebook at Meme as well. Uh, there you can comment what you want to see what you uh or what you want to hear discussed and you know and I'll go ahead and you know draw out an outline for it and try to throw it in there so without any further ado I present you the new podcast Odin's Call everyone uh thanks for chiming into me mirrors well today I have Jesse from Midgard Musings and I have my uncle, who everybody's heard me mention uh, a lot throughout the podcast, uh, Brandon Soups, uh, is here. Uh, today, we're going to do a little bit of a different thing on the podcast where we talk about Odin's Call and what it's like to, you know, be active as a heathen and day-to-day things we can do uh, to get closer to the gods uh, and ways that we can them in our lives and, and to grow closer with them as well. But... Uh, I would like to thank Jesse for taking his time to join this podcast. Uh, been watching him for a while now. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of your stuff, man. And my uncle also watches you too. Um, so I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a good thing, man. And uh, you know, a lot of people down here in Alabama are actually they're noticing too. Um, you know, I've got a guy who's a vid key down here, Kelly. Uh, he watches you pretty closely, and you know he's, he expects big things from you. And you know we, we appreciate what you're doing, man. Um, Thank you. So, what I want to first start off with is Odin's call. Like, I'm sure all three of us have felt it. You know, pulling us to, you know, follow the old ways and forming, you know, kindreds or joining kindreds or uh, various different things. So, what is, what is Odin's call? And how how does it feel to each one of you as an individual? Um, if if you want, I can, I guess start. I don't know. Um, but uh, I mean, for me, um, you know, my my pull to to heathenry started after kind of a, a period of time where I wasn't sure exactly where I was um, spiritually. You know what I mean? I came from a a background of uh, Christianity, uh, non-denominational, 
values and uh, above the Christian faith. And, um, you know, so I went through a time in my life where I was trying to, uh, I felt lost in my spirituality and I was trying to find what fit. Um, you know, so I tried revisiting what I was brought up in and then I kind of went through a phase where I wasn't really doing much of anything. And then I found <clears throat> what the, I became to, you know, or what I came to learn as, as, as heathenry, Germanic paganism. And, um, you know, at first, when you, when I think a lot of folks that may be first getting into this sort of path, um, they're attracted to the aesthetic of it. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things that gets a lot of people into it. You know, they, they think it's about a certain thing. They see, uh, kind of like you mentioned earlier, maybe the, the Vikings TV show or, or certain Hollywood uh, glamorized, uh, romanticized aspects of what they think it is and that that appeals to them for from an aesthetic aspect and I have to admit that at first that's kind of what you know attracted me to it but the more I learned and the more that I you know studied and, and did my research and realized what it was about it, it it felt something that was more like coming home to me yeah. um, it, it wasn't like I felt like I was being uh, converted uh, in any way it just felt like it was a call to come home um, I felt the, I felt a pull to my ancestral, uh, ties, you know, um, and, and that's where it felt more comfortable for me to, to, to pursue learning about what it means to be a heathen and that it's beyond just the, you know, the Viking age and then, and the blood eagles and the, you know, Valhalla, this and that. Um, and it's more than just the gods too, to me, um. So that's kind of, that. I'll start just by saying that. I'll let Brandon add to, to it now. I don't want to take it all, but that's kind of where it started for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely, <clears throat> I can relate to you on that. Uh, I'll, I'll touch on mine after I let him give it a go. And, uh, you know, it's pretty unique. I like I like, the, I like your story. All right. I'll... Did we leave? Brandon? I'm still here. Brandon. You there? Yeah, yeah, we're here. <laughs> Apparently, if your phone times out, then it doesn't record anything. I can hear you, though. <clears throat> but like Jesse, uh, I went through a period of time in my life when I was much younger that I questioned a lot of things, but I didn't do it openly because of the respect I had for my father and where he came from. Um <clears throat> And it was just one of those, I was going through the motions and I tell people all the time, I wasn't a good Christian because I could, I could tell you where Genesis is, but that's about it. Um, but I was going to hang out with my friends more than anything. Then I wasn't getting anything out of it, you know, cause I quit even, even the thought process wasn't there. The heart wasn't in it. Um, and I actually got ousted by your other uncle Clint. Uh, I confided in him one day when they came and visited um, and he asked me to dad. So that was a nice little conversation that had to be had at 17 years old, <clears throat> but it would, uh, when I started doing a lot of research, cause I, I, I started looking at stuff, you know, not sleeping, you know, being a night owl as a, as a late teens, early twenties kind of stuff. I did a lot of research and, I didn't have any source material as far as book goes at the local library. I think the best I had was Greek, you know, Greco-Roman mythology. And of course, everybody 
and their brother gets to learn that through school. Um, and you know, that stuff was interesting and everything like that. And, you know, you get your stories of Hercules and Prometheus and the gods and all that good jazz. But I, one of my buddies mentioned something about Norse mythology on like a, on a chat room I was a part of that one of my old high school buddies. And I started looking into it more and more because I, I realized I knew nothing about it. <clears throat> and it was kind of just a large smack in the face when I, when the Odin's call, I guess you could call it, um, just kind of pr- just came out of nowhere. It was just like, this is, this is home much like Jesse explained. And it just kind of went from there. I, everything I could read, everything I could get my hands on, I, I just tried to soak it in. <clears throat> and there's still a lot to learn. And there's, there's just tons like every, but it's to me, it's, I realize this being a solitary pr- uh, practitioner for a decade, um, you kind of have to, develop your own thing much like our ancestors did and i was always real big on where i came from because like jeremy knows where in my neck of the woods our last name isn't very big like there's not any of us um so i've always been fascinated by where my family came from so that that was also another pull for me when i when i started learning more you know you have to appreciate your ancestors and where you came from because without them you wouldn't be you. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I'll turn it over to Jeremy at this point. Yeah, mine was pretty similar. Um, <clears throat> grew up uh, kind of having the Bible Belt Baptist concepts shoved down my throat on one side, but two completely non-religious parents on the other. Um, you know, I prayed all my life, you know, wondering, I'm like, hey, you know, is there anything out there? And kind of always felt that abandonment. Um, kind of, you know, you're still hollow inside. Nothing. When you read the Bible, when you go to Sunday school, nothing kind of made sense. Or you felt like you can feel it like, hey, something just, you know, this doesn't sound true. This doesn't sound right. And uh, I felt it for a while. Like it was something in me kind of turned me to different religions. So I went and I looked into everything. Uh, you know, Egyptian paganism, Greek paganism, uh, you know, with, uh, all of it. And then I'm, then I'm, you know, sat down with you, Brandon, and you told me about the gods and, you know, and I started being able to see it and feel it in my life. Uh, and, and then really started to hone in on Odin's call. And then I took a break, you know, cause, uh, you know, like all stupid people, you know, I found a woman who, uh, was, you know, tied up in an Abrahamic religion. So I tried to step away from it to make her happy. And the entire time that call was still there, you know, it was undeniable, you know, stronger uh, throughout time. And when I did, you know, genealogy and I did research, you know, I'd find, you know, various, you know, German names and people from Scandinavia and people from different places. And when I started researching back into it through Ari Harder. It's like your ancestors are a part of your spirit. They're who you are. Uh, your soul is a tapestry of all their souls. They begin to make sense why I felt pulled to the gods. So uh, to me, it was a pretty unique thing. And now that I'm able to fully practice, 
you know, it's, it's been an amazing experience so far. So, um, plus I noticed, you know, I have noticed heathenry has grown tremendously, uh, since the last time I tried to practice it. Uh, let's see, that was about 10 years ago and it's, it's grown significantly and, you know, Iceland's rebuilding, you know, old Norse temples and, um, you know, different things along those lines. So, um, Jesse, I was rewatching, uh, the, you know, what it's like to be an active heathen. And you, you touched on a point about a lifestyle. Now, when you when you mentioned yeah, it's it's, it's a lifestyle change. Uh, can you shed some more light on what that means to you, and like being on social media and the social media presence with that? Yeah, well, like I said, um, the more I learned um, over the years, and the more I continue to learn in my growth as a heathen, it it it, it became very evident that. Um, it, it's it's more than just about the gods and it's more than just about the mythology and it's more than about the sagas which are awesome and and it helps us kind of know uh you know the the the, the stories and, and and the myths and, and and the sources of things um where when i say the you know it's a lifestyle it's, it's like you're, you're you're adopting or you're you're learning about a totally different world view than what is common today yeah. the society of uh you know pre-christian scandinavia um was so much different the 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 world was smaller back then uh things were concentrated to and i don't mean you know smaller in the sense of the size of the world in itself but the the world that they knew was so small was, was much smaller than what it is now and, and the, the concept of how society functioned uh and functions at its best you know um was it made so much sense and uh so learning that and, and adopting that as a lifestyle uh became of a, a, a pretty high interest for me you know thinking about things uh from a from an arch even perspective you know values such as you know what modern people think of what is good and evil was totally maybe not totally or completely different but it had a different meaning back then and uh, it, it just made more sense. So when I said, you know, making it a lifestyle and making it a, um, or, or taking it as a lifestyle, it's, it's, it's quite literally that it's like you're, you're almost reprogramming your, uh, your software. <laughs> yeah. uh, you gotta, you gotta rethink, uh, and re and relearn, but it felt natural, you know, it felt right to me and it felt, uh, the way society best functions, especially from within the, a heathen context, because to me, the the backbone of heathenry thrives and uh at at, at, a, at a very grassroots tribal level um and that's how our ancestors lived they lived in tribes they had their culture they had their uh traditions um and so that worked for them we can make it work today we just need to kind of put a modern spin on it and a modern twist uh to it so it becomes a whole lifestyle practice yeah, that's that's true. I was actually just talking to Brandon about that. <clears throat> I want to say texting yesterday about how each tribe had different things and, you know, different gods they worshipped as far as like, you know, whether it's Aesir, Bonaroka, things, customs, traditions, various different things they did. And so it's pretty unique you, you brought that up. Um, so, uh, so what's your view as far as like, because you, you did you did say something that I do notice happens quite often where 
a person will get on Facebook and they'll go to every heathen site and every Asatru, every Norse pagan site and like everything and, and share it. Uh, and that's all they do. But, you know, when you try to see them or invite them to meetings or to get together for the holidays, they're not really interested. They just kind of flaunt it on social media. What, I mean, what do you think uh, about something like that? I, you know, I, uh, I don't put a whole lot of stock into, and, and even though I have a, I'm pretty active um, on social media with, with regards to my YouTube channel, I don't put a whole lot of stock into uh, what people do online. It's, 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 a, it's a front, a lot of it. You know, there's, there's not a whole lot of sincerity. You have to take it at, at its face value. Um, there are some people who will, you know, you can tell the sincere ones. You can tell the ones who are, who are really it, truly in it for, um, you know, the values of it or, or the, the lifestyle of it. And then more than just some people just like it, you know, some people just find it fascinating and they don't want to adopt it or they don't want to learn it as a lifestyle. And that's fine, you know, to each their own and everybody can be who they want to be and how they want to be. I don't take any sort of, you know, I don't think less of somebody uh, for just, you know, sharing a bunch of cool pictures or, or neat phrases or hold them all quotes or, whatever and then they don't live it it's it's, it's like yeah you know I, I, not my hall not my call um it, it's and i'm gonna and i'm gonna give credit to where credit is due that is that is nothing that i've trademarked that is not my phrase that is totally eric shervin over at the ravens call so shout out to uh to eric he a uh, great guy and i've learned a lot from his content too but um yeah so uh you know when i see it and it's like you know i i take it just kind of at face value and um you know sometimes i find things that i find fascinating and it helps me uh research it some more and i learn things so it's you know you, it, it is what you make of it to me it's it's what you make of it and if you want to learn some something you can you can learn a lot from even the littlest of things it's just how much uh, time you want to, and, and effort that you want to invest into it all i have to agree with that greatly yeah i mean <clears throat> that's kind of what i'm leaning to also it's just something that is curious because you know i've seen it myself uh you know, and I get invites constantly to random pages and random everything. And I, and I try not to, you know, get soaked yeah. into the deep web uh, as far as the things that can be out there. Because I know that there is distorted views, so to speak, of heathen. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and it's, and it's easy for people, especially who are new, to get caught up into the, you know, the racism and various things that exist. <clears throat> yeah, this it's once you get in once you get into the social media aspect of it there's a lot of things that you can just start weeding everything out and there's some of the people who live who uh who live the life like Jesse's talking you know they don't share nothing about their beliefs you know because it's to to them there's it's not really anybody else's business unless they want them to be in this it's on a personal level not meant for social media yeah, but uh, there's a whole lot of stuff that you know. One of my buddies keeps. To, we, we've had conversations. We have a lot of our deep religious conversations during our training, which is kind of funny. But you know, the, what's what's called brosature, which is you know, and that the, it's a lot of the people who found the faith through social media and and Vikings and stuff like that. But it's it's all about that recognition that is getting that idea out there to getting the 
the knowledge that this is actual, this is an actual thing. So some of the stuff is pretty good. Some of the stuff, yeah, it's just purely entertainment, but it's one of those that you can quickly weed it out on social media. Once you've got your own head about, you know, what work, what is working for you, because it is a lot of the individual more than anything, like me and nephew said, um, you know, even families do things a little bit tidbits here differently. The village did, as a whole did little uh, things differently than the next one. The tribe did things different than the next one, stuff like that. You know, it all depends on your region. You know, what were, you know, what were they more into? What were their occupations? Were they farmers, fishermen, stuff like that? So it's one of those. I just take it all at face value when it comes to social media because there's a lot of keyboard warriors looking for internet Valhalla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> there's more often times than not, I just shake my head and, and, and just put my phone down. I'm just over it. Yeah, there, there was a there was a time that I you would, you know, get to see certain things and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna comment on this or I'm gonna reply respond to this and then uh I, I quickly got to the point where I'm like just looking at it, reading it, thinking, let me say something and then I go really quick, I go Nah. Yeah, exactly. Not worth it, nope, not worth it at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, this it's, isn't going to go anywhere. It's not, it's not going to change anything. And then the, you'll just have like a 53 comment long argument with someone. I mean, I've been seeing it. Uh, you know, and then there's also the people who mingle Christianity in with uh, Norse paganism. Well, when, you're, when you're in that deep for so long, like in, in the Bible Belt of the South and stuff, it's in like like Jesse said, you gotta completely reprogram yourself. And that's the hardest part. Not the what is it? Um of everybody that you now believe something different. It is getting all that what is kinda I guess you could call it forcibly programmed into you over your childhood and stuff like that, especially around here, to get it out of you completely. Yeah, you gotta learn you have to teach yourself to be free thinking. Uh, yeah. A lot of people they hinder their their the open mindedness of themselves because they're told that to be a free thinker of their lives was being it was wrong. Yeah, and it's, the biggest thing that I found was fear. Yeah, yeah. you're taught to be afraid, and then when you when you walk this path, you're taught to you know to not be essentially. Because you know A, B, and C, where Christianity, you're supposed to be afraid to you know, even sidestep your shadow. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're, do, you're not allowed do to, this or else. Yeah, you're not allowed to question, you, you know, anything. Uh, you know, I got in trouble about that when I was younger. You know, I, I questioned, yeah, hey, does God exist? Well, the preacher was like, don't do that because you're going to go to hell for being a doubter. And I was like, I'm six, seven years old, man. And you're telling me I'm going to go to hell as a kid because I wondered a very natural question if something existed, um, you know, and that's, that, that stuff is deeply ingrained in people down here. Um, it really is. And the, everyone's a, like how my biggest thing when I was younger was I was afraid of death, which I mean, that's normal, <clears throat> but it, I think more along the questions of like, it was more of being afraid of, because you're told that you're automatically a sinner and you're condemned as soon as you're born. Yeah. That's the hardest. That was the hardest part for me to get around 
was everything that was a sin, you know, is no longer a sin. Um, because that's just a word to make, to me, it became a word to make things sound worse. Yeah. The step away from everything you do is wrong. I mean, you, you know, the, the thing that I find interesting is, you know, you have a God and, and the Abraham who's like, you know, omnipotent, doesn't do anything wrong, but I love, and you know, it's a sin to be human, but I love in, in the old ways and heathenry where the gods, they struggle just as much as we do and uh, in, in various different things. I mean, we had uh, Hod, he was blind, you know, uh, and he was a God himself. And, you know, to know that I can go to, to the gods and each individual one and, and learn of the troubles they went through, some of the hardships they went through versus somebody who, oh, well, uh, I'm perfect and everything's great kind of helps me as an individual because I don't feel like an idiot for <clears throat> and saying, Hey, uh, I need to work on myself. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a nice well, it's a very interesting thing. You know, you talk about sin, you know, that's, that, that's a pretty well-known <clears throat> concept, especially within Christianity, but nobody ever talks about the ideas of sin uh, from an archie uh, context and the etymology of the word and that, you know, it's, is essentially it's, you know, just the, uh, to be in, in, uh, sort of a existing in a stasis or, or, or be, or having non-action. And if you think about it from a heathen context, you know, non-action or stasis, um, is it, it's, it's a failure to lay down this layer within the well of weird, you know? So anything that's, that, that's a non-action is not valuable. It's not, it's not good to the development of the weird that you're tying to not only yourself but to your to your clan to, and then extending forward out into that into your tribes you know so anything that's not done is in a state of stasis and it's and it's an inaction and therefore it's it's not good uh, for the development and the growth and the luck of the tribe as a whole so that's where we get into you know understanding the concepts that our archies and ancestors developed versus what we know in modern society and, or in, you know, Western society uh, as it's, it's secular, it's a religious crime or a secular crime to, to sin. And it's like, that's not, not really it. Not, not from the, the original roots of where this word came from. So it's all very interesting to take that into consideration as well, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's a very interesting take on that. <clears throat> because you know it's everything you know the gods tell us to, to be active to do things don't be you know don't swindle and lie unless you know it's for the benefit of your kindred or your clan you know type of things and you know like you were saying laying down the weird for our, our, our tribe and everyone why each individual tribe you know would hold sacrifices to to gain favor of the gods and to do specific things to gain favor of one of the gods that tribe you know had as a patron mainly because um, I know that in the in the sagas you know the the rich worship Odin more uh, than the poor did and then you know the poor worship so they always tried to remain in favor of Thor and Frey because they controlled the food they controlled you know the well-being of the tribe while you know the rich would kind of not look their way you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it kind of I see what you're talking about with that um, our actions do kind of affect others more than we like to realize or not. Um, 
Um, <coughs> so my next thing is what, what, what plays an important part in with each of you? Um, I'll start with Jesse and uh, you're developing your relationship with the gods. Uh, you know, what, what helps you develop that relationship and kind of grow with them? Um, well, for me, it's, it's, it's understanding that any relationship development, any relationship growth requires activity and, re and requires um, action. You can't develop a relationship with anybody um, by just talking to them one time and then never interacting with them again. You don't become friends. You don't develop romantic relationships. You don't build lives and, and you don't tie weird with people by um, just engaging with them in one chance encounter or speaking of them or saying you know, hi to them or, or hanging out with them that one time and then never doing it again. So with me and maintaining and building relationships with the sacred, with the gods, uh, is done in a, in a very similar fashion as I would with if I was wanting to build a relationship with my tribe or with my friends or with my um, the people around me in, in, in within the profane uh, the literal physical people around me and that is done through the exchange of uh, in the gifting cycle which is a very big concept within heathenry um, you know I, I've always tried to tell people that you know you can't uh, you can't expect to have a good relationship with somebody if uh, if you always take what they give you and never give anything back. And you can also not expect to have a good, meaningful relationship with someone if you give so much to them and they never give in return. There has to be that exchange and there has to be that balance. And so for me, it's been a, it's been a, uh, you know, an effort to seek to tie my own weird uh, with the tribes of the gods through the exchange of gifts, through offerings, through, uh, sacrifice through actively spending time uh, with them in, in, in the gifting cycle. And that to me is building a relationship with them uh, because the more time I spend with them and the more time they will want to spend time with me and we get this uh, cycle that, that, that continues. Yeah, gift for gift cycle. Uh, Correct. Like yeah. all the give uh, effects like that. Yes, exactly. That's a very, that's a very good thing. Is, um, I, I I see exactly what you mean on when when it comes to that. I daily try to go out and offer offerings and incense to the gods to to get closer to them to, you know, sense them in my lives. And I've, I you know I notice that there's days where um you know I have a bad day and I'm kind of like well apparently they didn't like what I gave them. <laughs> like, uh, you know, things will get a little rough. And then there's days where I'll, I'll go out there and just say, all right, here's a whole chicken and, you know, uh, give it to them and everything will get better. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, the, the gift for the gift thing. And I also look at gifting to the gods, not always as like a, a physical thing, like, you know, food, ale, uh, you know, various things, it, it, time, you know. Our, our minds and developing our knowledge and to, you know, delve into the practices that will, you know, allow us to be more beneficial towards the gods or, you know, I feel like a good sacrifice of our own selves to them. Um, what about you, Brent? Um, <clears throat> I definitely agree with, uh, with Jesse's, with the, the gift cycle. 
Um, but I, for me personally, it is definitely a, a very personal level that I try to reach on because I for so long was by myself with all this. So I had to figure out not so much what other people said worked for them, but what worked for me. <clears throat> and my big thing that's always been the constant variable in my life is my training. And to me, for me personally, certain guys and goddesses that I have become closer with over the years um, appreciate the effort. And when I get ready to do something that is less like a, in, in terms of a personal best or a personal record, um, I ask them and my ancestors to bear witness at this time to come and see what I'm about to do. And that to me, that, that works for me because that's the kind of person I am because I'm a competitive athlete. Um, to me, the sweat, the effort, the blood that I shed because I've busted my hand open on Atlas stone or I've scraped my shin skin to the point where I'm just bleeding into my socks, stuff like that. And I just keep going. I don't stop, you know, to, and it's, to me, that's, that's how I connect with, with certain ones that I've become close with. And I do give the ale, I do give food, stuff like that. <clears throat> but and also I make a I make a point to have that relationship with my ancestors and people that have passed on that are, were really, really close to me. Um, because I mean that's just the, the right thing to do on a daily basis, um, in my opinion. Even though I don't drink even though I don't drink like I used to, um I still have stuff for these occasions and it's not just, Oh, I didn't finish this beer. Let me go pour it out around a tree. No, it's, I put a little bit more effort into it. And it's one of those, I walk into a competition and because of this, the night before I've made my offerings, I've asked them to bear witness about the day. And then I go from there because at the end of the day, I'm about living my life. That's going to be, that's going to make my ancestors proud. And at the end of the day, the God's proud. And to me, that's comp competition because that's, that's my fire, you know, and I think they appreciate that because that's personally what, what I am. It's said, you know, when we give offerings, you know, to give the best uh, of whatever it is. And so as long as, you know, when we give our best, you know, whether it's, you know, offerings or, you know, ale or, you know, in your case, uh, you know, when you practice and you, you sweat and you believe to do things to make your ancestors proud of what you're doing and the gods proud of what you're doing. To me, I feel like that's another form of our gifts to them is, you know, when we give our best of anything, ourselves, you know, food, drink, whatever, you know, that's something that's acceptable to them. Uh, I fully believe it. And I mean, even if you're just one of those people that do the ale, the food, um, and that's all you can do because you are a, you're a working person. That's you got time. You work in two jobs to pay bills and take care of your family. I believe that's also appreciated because that's what our ancestors had to do. They didn't have wages and stuff like that. They had to work the land or make the crafts, make the boats, weapons. If you're a blacksmith, the hinges for the longhouses door doorknobs all that stuff i mean you had to work for everything to supply your to 
support your tribe, your family, your village even. So I believe they appreciate that as well as the the physical offerings as well. And I don't know that I totally agree on that. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff's mentioned in the Hava Mall. You know, it's like you know, sometimes, you know, you can win people over with a loaf of bread or you can, you know, uh, do various different things, you know, because uh, I wish I could quote it perfectly off the top of my head. But it basically, you know, if we, we do nothing, we're kind of pointless. <laughs> uh, what, what good are we if we just sit around and we get fat? We don't do anything. We remain lazy. Uh, you know, that's to me. I'm like to to be inactive and to be lazy and to do those things is, is a very. It's not honorable to the gods, and that's just my thoughts. But um, so what's uh, what's various things that y'all do as far as altar set giving offerings? Because I've seen on Jesse's side, he makes a. I may say this wrong, a hoser, which is the outside altar, right? I do have I do have a, a very basic one. It's something I've taken. A, uh, I meant to make a better one of it, but it's it's a very just very basic holder. Um, and uh, I also have my um, uh, an altar indoors, you know, and in uh, some sacred space that uh, inside as well. But yeah. Now, when you when you offerings do you bury it do you burn it or when it comes to food so um it, it, it really kind of depends um quite often the uh you know the it's it's really just the nature of what it is i'm who you know what i'm offering for what i'm offering um uh, the nature of the gift um sometimes i will bury uh the food sometimes i will uh, leave it out uh, for the vatir of the land to accept is, is because I believe in um, uh, in addition to you know uh, working with our own ancestors with our own um, familial line that and with the gods that we also um, owe a bit of time to the vatir and the whites of the land and the home that we coexist with so um, if I uh, provide an offering to the gods and, and leave it on my horger, then it'll often be left. And it's always it's always items that are safe for the vatir of the land to to consume. I never leave out anything that would be toxic or poisonous. Um, and so that's usually how it's kind of just how I read the omens. You know, I I I uh, I I'll leave my offering out, and when I see that it's been consumed or when i see that it's gone and it, to me it's it's the reading of the omens that the the offering was accepted i have burned i have buried um i've poured out the ale the, the whiskey the the mead you know i i so it really just kind of depends on the situation but that that tends to be kind of the dynamic that i work around yeah definitely uh, that's kind of how i tend to do it even though i've, I've never really had an inside altar because you know, life and certain situations. I've always done my stuff outside and that's where I do most of my offerings. And it's always in a place that feels right is when I, I just I just don't do it in some random spot in the yard or something like that. It's always a place where the energy is good and I feel like it's an appropriate area. But when the <clears throat> like Jesse was like I, I feel like when the 
I can't really remember the word he used, but the when to the animals when nature takes takes the offering, to me that's a that's a good sign that it's been accepted. Yeah, for sure. I know that for me, I have a indoor altar um, that's kind of like in a, a room separate where I go to think and clear my head a lot. And, uh, you know, I have my totems and my candles and everything, even some crow feathers and uh, some little falcon feather. I don't know how I got a hold of that one. And then for my outside one, I use where a tree was struck by lightning in my backyard. And it was right dead smack in the center. And uh, I'll go out there and I'll leave my offerings for Thor or, uh, you know, any, any of the gods. And I'll take an entire roasted chicken, like, and, and set it out there on it. And I'll leave it. And that's just, you know, I'll watch the, the crows. They'll come and eat it. I'll watch the cats come and eat it. And the next day, even the whole bones and stuff are gone. And then it's just, you know, it's a pretty unique experience because, Usually a bone or something would be left behind. Typically, the whole thing is gone. Uh, and I'll leave it like apples for you know Bragi and the other, and then and I'll pour you know the, the alcohol out in the ground for the gods to take it into the earth and you know consume it to themselves. So it's a pretty unique thing. We all have, you know, it's kind of like you know when we talk about every tribe has something different how people give offerings to the gods. I've noticed throughout all the people I've spoken with, everyone has a different way of doing it and something that works for them. And, you know, I have an indoor altar because sometimes it's raining. I like to just kind of sit here and meditate, read runes and, you know, and focus on the gods. Um, I think that's a, I think that's a very important thing that everybody has their own way of doing it. Developing our individual cultic practices um and then and which can then uh, or our hearth cults you know what i mean we all do our own thing within our own hearts um that's important to i think uh preserve heathenry uh, in its longevity you know because the traditions that our ancestors carried were their own traditions and we can you know we're obviously pulling from something where we we receive the the orlog um, on down through the well and, and down through the line uh, that they left for us and we, we inherited that and it's up to us to again not be st stagnant and, and be but to add to that layer and to leave something for our descendants and by doing what we do in our hearth cult uh, and, the, and the practices that we each you know do what works for us is, I think is a great way of uh, you know doing that and doing exactly that so yeah I'd have to Completely agree. <clears throat> um, so here's a here's a question. Uh, I I've heard it, and people have asked me to do a podcast about it, and and it's, and it's kind of like a vague question. It really is, you know, which is why I haven't done it yet because I don't know really how to approach this one. So people ask me. They said, with Odin's call being so strong as it is today that we all feel it, that Iceland is rebuilding, you know, the old temples, that everybody's becoming so active in heathenry and everybody's feeling a call. Is there any reason specifically that each one of you as an individual feel like why that is? Hmm. That's a great question. I never really thought about it. Uh, why now we're feeling such a resurgence of it. Um, <laughs> 
you know, I mean, everything is done in cycles. Uh, we, we see it in the lore and we see it um, in, in, in the, the core of, of heathenry. Like I talked about earlier with the gifting cycle, we all tend to agree that that's a very important thing. And, and it's, it's cyclic, the, the Ragnarok uh, concept, you know, it's, it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, it's almost like there was a time when it was at its peak and then it cycled around to being at, during during a dark time and then it kind of went dormant and then here it's coming back around again and hopefully hopefully we can keep a healthy cycle of it continuing to grow you know um, that's about the best <laughs> concept that I can come up with just off the cuff but uh hopefully yeah. we don't see another dark time come through I mean we are we already are kind of you know it, it, there's that constant battle you know there's that constant uh Nidog is always knowing you know at the roots and uh you know we see it in in the you know these these various uh right or left-wing groups trying to adopt uh our sacred symbols uh, for uses of hatred and bigotry and and things and it's it's saddening to see that and there's this battle with people who are uh in it for the right reasons and wanting to educate and wanting to show where the true heart of heathenry lies you know so we're always we're always you know the the drops of Yggdrasil drip down and, and nurture the roots and then Nidog is gnawing at it. So there's this constant balance trying to be uh, found, you know, so we're always in that ebb and flow, it seems. Rebirth and death. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I definitely got to agree with Jesse on that one. And on a whim, that's about as good. He used better words than I could ever use. But – uh. This was something I stored because I was just like, you know, you both are very knowledgeable. I watch, you know, Jesse constantly on on his YouTube channel, Midgard Musings, and then I, I, you know, I've talked, I talk to you constantly, and you know, you two are probably like the best people I could have sprung this type of question on, to be honest, because a lot of people just probably lock up, you know. That's a tough question because you could go either very ridiculously spiritual and natural with it, or you can just go. I mean, it's it's it is truly a cycle, no matter which way you do it. it you know, and it's, it's like it's always that rebirth and that that death of things. And and some people, you know, I've had people say, uh, "Oh, well, perhaps it is you know Ragnarok approaching," you know, which is a very Abrahamic way of kind of looking at it, you know, but. Um, in a sense, and then you have some people who were like, well, maybe it's just uh, a trend coming, or maybe it's this, or maybe it's that. And then you have some people who believe already that Ragnarok has happened. Which, that's a different story. I don't want to kind of delve into that one. That's, but, a, that's a whole different animal. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a whole, <laughs> whole other piece uh, to, try to, to try to tame on that one. Uh, I've, I've, had, I've met my fair share of those, and that's just... I'll, I'll let them, you know, they'll believe what they believe. That's what they do. And that's cool. Um, that's just not my thing. Um, hey. I, I, to me personally, you know, I kind of, I, I agree completely 100% with Jesse on his view of it. And at the same time, a part of me kind of feels like maybe there is a reason because maybe we're here to restore honor back ways and our ancestors. Like it's like an honorable thing to correct all the ignorance that's out there when it, when it comes to uh, the symbols and the runes and various things. You know, and, and to... We're living in a time now 
where you can, you still face hatred, but at the same time, you still have a significant amount of freedom to be who you want to be as much, you know, and to worship who you want to worship. And, and it allows people to develop curiosity more. And, you know, I just feel like maybe it's my way of viewing what's so viewing Odin's skull now to me is like, maybe it's just, you know, reawakening some things people need to look at. Perhaps. I think another way to look at it is um, we actually have the means to learn. Mm-hmm. Like the information's there. Like, because we are, uh, as I say, we live in the information age. And until now, we kind of just had to go on whatever books you could find in the libraries and stuff like that. Now, like the anything you want to research is just right there at your fingertips. Yeah. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Exactly. But I mean, it could be just one of those, it's bringing something familiar to people that didn't know it was familiar to them. Yeah. <clears throat> And more and more people are, are becoming active in it. They're not just reading the books. You know, we, we hear, I think, a lot that, you know, oh, a heathenry, you know, it's a, a religion of homework or it's a, you know, there, there's homework you got to do. And it's like, yeah, but don't get lost in the, lo- don't get lost in the lore. Don't get lost in the sauce, yeah, exactly. so to speak, you know, actually get, get out there and do it, be it, live it. And, and people are, are doing it. You know, some people are doing it in very unique ways and, and some people are really just, uh, Often left field, but I mean, there's action being. Yeah, don't don't keep your head so far in the books that you ignore what's going on around you, um, and, and ignore the chance. Yes, he left. He did. Yeah, he's got. Oh man. So apparently we're going to some. Well, l- luckily this is an off-script one, and I warned people. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I mean, he's he's definitely had a point though. Even even if it was cut short, I kind of got a feeling where he was going with it. Yeah, exactly. That's just, that's the way I view it. Is you know, people there's always research to be done, but you're just kind of you know people will take it too much for what it is. But what the biggest part about all this is is what uh, the the kinship and frith part of it is just. You know, like being with people like-minded to you. you know, if you have the opportunity to go to the local kindred, if even if you have one that's available, you know, and they offer, they extend a hand to you. By all means, go fill it out. You know, just see what it's about. See if that's something. Don't just seclude yourself because you think that that's the cool way to be, or you're antisocial because you're an introvert. You know, and I grew up being bullied because I was an introvert, and now like people just people don't even think I am because I how I present myself and that's because of how I believe that's you know they tell us to stand up you know for ourselves and yeah. everything is part of the the courage aspect you know um yeah man this is this has been a really good podcast <laughs> yeah I really enjoyed it we just have various different views on things and you know, answer a lot of questions as far as what people have asked. Everything I've asked uh, today has been questions that I've received from people uh, and I'm, some of my own um, with various things. But, if, I'd love to do this shit again, man. This was good. I really enjoyed this. It reminded me of being back on the radio. 
Yeah, man, you're always welcome, man. Just let me know what your time is, and I'll, I'll always bring oh. you in. Dude, just let, I mean, whenever you got a topic you, you want me to be a part of, man, I'm always down. Yeah, man, that sounds good to me. Hell, I don't oh, yeah. use another person. I let me know. I'm not sounding like Bueller over here, you know? <laughs> right. Just send me the link to this thing, man, because I know Luke wants to listen to it. I'm going to send it to my boy Shane. Um, He's kind of like a honorary member of the kindred that we're building here because he's out in Gastonia, which is five hours away. So, but, um, he, yeah, but he's one of my closest friends. I mean, he's one of those people I go to war for. So, it's one of those that he wants to – I told him about it and he wants to hear it. He's one of the more spiritual ones. So, hey, we got hey. Jesse back. Sorry about that. Don't know what happened. Uh, that was my fault, probably. It was probably my fault, too. Uh, I don't know where, uh, where I was going with it, but I think I was talking about trees. That's a big thing. But, um, no, so I mean, I, I, again, I don't know where I left off or where you guys lost me, but, um, so anyway, you know, the growth, you know, the way, the way the tree grows, it's, it's, there's going to be things that happen along the way that the tree reaches its full potential, limbs die off along the way. And the weak have to, the weak will weed themselves out. The, the, the bad parts will take care of themselves to make room for the strong and the new growth, um, the healthy growth. Um, so it's not a bad thing for the trees to lose its limbs and, and for branches to fall and for death to come along its way. As long as that main root uh, is strong, uh, it, it will continue to grow and branch out uh, and, and develop into a strong thing. So that's how I look at it. You know what I mean? It's a very basic concept or whatever, but that's just kind of the way I see it. It's, we're constantly growing. The tree has been growing for a very long time. And sometimes, you know, the storms come through and we'll, uh, you know, take a chunk out of it um, or there'll be a disease in a part of the limb and it'll cause it to, to break off. As long as that, that root, as long as those roots stay strong and healthy, the the growth will continue to, to happen. So you using that kind of reminds me, um, there, uh, supposedly in the side of things, when you plant a tree, when you plant a tree specifically on a hill and it stays windy constantly, that the, 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 the base of that tree grows thicker and thicker and thicker over time to withstand the storms that kind of pass through. And, and the change and everything happens. So that way that, that tree can withstand everything, no matter how strong the winds, no matter how hard the storm, no matter whatever happens to it, it, it'll stay sturdy and it'll stay strong where it's planted. And so, yeah, what you're saying in using that type of reference to me, that, that kind of mingles in with that, because if we continue to do things and we continue to stay planted where we are and let the cycle of life and let the cycle of, the, you know, rebirth, death, and, and growth, and, and natural selection kind of happen, then, you know, everything will work together for its will. Plus, the Norns know what lies ahead, you know, more than we do sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, the the analogy, the, the tree analogy works really good. I, I mean, you've been here, Jeremy. I live on the coastal plains of North Carolina, and you go to the beach and you go on the island, um, all the trees are growing the same way because they're windswept and they're a lot of these trees are some of them are as old as the island is and have seen a lot of hurricanes and haven't moved at all. So the, 
the analogy works very well for that. And then uh, that's very appropriate because um, that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly how it is. I mean, you, you some sometimes you got to make room for new, new growth. Yep. Perfect, man. All right, man. I, I think you guys, I'm not going to keep you on much longer, but I appreciate your time, man. And uh, you know, I look forward to doing this again with, you know, both of you, one of you, whichever one it is in the future. <laughs> so, Hey, I enjoyed myself. Like I said earlier, it reminds me of being back on the radio. <laughs> but, a lot of fun. Thanks for, for hosting it and, and for having me on here especially. I'm eager to, to do it again if you ever decide to. Awesome. I recommend everybody check out Jesse at Midgard Musings on YouTube. Uh, he posted a new video like, a few days ago, actually, I think about older, correct? And uh, he's got some unique videos, too, that talked about uh, – Weird and Orlog, and uh, you can also find the YouTube video about how to be an active heathen, and you also got a good one about how to deal with family members who are not of your faith. Um, I would recommend everybody look at that. Trust me, it can help. And uh, I thank Jesse and I thank Brandon for being on. I appreciate you guys. Next time I see y'all, I gotta buy all around the beers or something. And then uh, <laughs> until then, man, thanks for your time, guys. Thank you, guys. All right.